Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Engaging in Teaching and Learning, a podcast produced by the Virtual Learning Lounge, a network of online resources focused on teaching and learning at Las Cruces Public Schools. Through our interviews with LCPS staff, we want to celebrate what's happening in our district and learn more about how we can support all learners. I am your host, Jesse Perio, and co-hosting with me today is Lisa Huffstedler. She is our district's Associate Director of Teaching and Learning for K-12 Math. Welcome, Lisa. I appreciate you helping us today. Um, I know nothing about math, so I'm going to rely on you to kind of drive our conversation today. Um, on today's episode, we have invited three teachers who are doing amazing things with the district's new secondary math curriculum, Carnegie. Um, our guests are Monica McNichols from White Sands, Stephanie Martin from Sierra Middle School, and Kara Juris from Mayfield High School. So thank you all. Um, can I just have you, before we start out, just give us a very brief bio, how long you've been teaching, um, anything else you want to tell us about your, your teaching career? Monica, if you want to start us out. Sure. Um, so I have um, been teaching for oh gosh, do the math, over a decade, but I've been um, in four different countries. I was in the Peace Corps for a while. I lived in Italy and Spain, um, but very happy to be calling New Mexico home as of six months ago-ish. So I teach, currently I teach sixth, seventh, and eighth grade math, as well as the advanced algebra class at the middle school level. Awesome. Stephanie? Mine's much shorter. <laughs> I've been teaching for four years now. This is my fourth year. I teach uh, seventh grade math and algebra one at the middle school, but I have also taught a sixth grade intervention class as well as eighth grade math before as well. Cool. Hi there. So this is my ninth year of teaching, my second year at Las Cruces Public Schools, and I do 10th grade geometry, regular and honors. Awesome. I'm going to let you take, take it from here, Lisa. Okay, awesome. So um, I'm just going to throw out the question and kind of whoever uh, would like to answer it, go for it. Uh, so in thinking about these new materials, how are the Carnegie materials different from some of the materials you may have used in the past? So I think these new materials are written at a different level than we're used to from our old textbooks. And so I think it's really engaging the kids to step up at a different level. Um, the, the process in which Carnegie goes through the material, um, we see it once and then in the next chapter we see it again, which is really good because it's not learn it and forget it. Um, you know, it keeps cycling back, you know, I'm back into angles again in geometry. And it's like, well, we started there and the kids, the kids are like, we understand this. And so it gives them a basis of a foundation that they can understand these bits and pieces as we're going through. It's not just constantly, here's your new topic, new topic, new topic. It, it cycles back to really support the kids. Awesome. Monica or Stephanie, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I definitely um, love the fact that it is, they do have an emphasis on inquiry-based, um, kind of not just being like, here's the thing, let's memorize the thing and move on. Um, but it really does let kids kind of delve in. I look forward to being in person next year and and 
basically letting you know kids conversations drive um, drive the instruction and drive the inquiry um, based and then obviously the 60% of the book and then 40% of our curriculum is mathia which I think is um, you know very unique um, and could be a really powerful tool again when we're in person as well. So speaking of that, I'm glad that that you brought that up. Um, we do uh, actually, it, uh, Carnegie Learning is considered a blended program with that 60% from the instructional materials, like the print instructional materials, and then the 40% of the mafia. So Stephanie, can you talk a little bit about how you balance the use of the textbook materials with Mathia, as well as, um, I believe you also use the skills practice as appropriate. So can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So in class, when we have our instruction time, I have a tendency to go through lessons with them. We, I've chosen sometimes pieces of lessons, and sometimes we manage to make it through the entire lesson. Um, but most of our class time with me is that investigation using the lessons. And then there are assignments that we spend some time together doing and sometimes on their own. Um, I use a mixture of the questions at the end of a lesson, as well as the skills practice for things that I feel like they need a little extra time on to use. And then the mafia is almost always one of their weekly assignments. And I take a look at the lessons and say, okay, where are we at in the material? And where are the next mafia lessons at? And that helps me decide how many lessons or how much time um, they should be spending on Mathia for that week and what we were able to cover in class. And so finding the balance is, it's been a struggle <laughs> at the beginning. It was not very balanced at all. Um, but as we've gotten more used to the material and the kids have gotten used to it and getting onto Mathia, we've been able to actually get through more of the Mathia in a week than we were at the beginning, which has been nice to be able to keep the Mathia balanced with what we're covering in class. Awesome. Monica or Kara, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I just echo what Stephanie said about it's been um, trial and error, trying to figure out the best method to incorporate um, Matthew because so we have we have class twice a week for 45 minutes online. Um, and so considering that Matthew is supposed to be 40% of our curriculum, it's a really, really powerful tool. Um, because I know that the kids are going to get really good practice from Mathia, um, that we don't have to spend a ton of time practicing in class. We can kind of introduce some topics, get a little practice, but I know they're gonna get this on their own. And it has um, kind of that immediate feedback component. Whereas at first I was having them do like workbook pages and turn those in and I have four different classes and grading, it was a nightmare. Um, but I really feel like, so what I do now is I actually keep them exactly where we are in the book in Mathia. So I, I assign specific workspaces in Mathia, not just the minutes, um, because that was just getting us kind of everywhere um, and nowhere at the same time. So I actually have a weekly assignment that will be anywhere between really a unit in Mathia. Um, and I feel like it's really helped us kind of just keep everything streamlined and a, a pretty good pace. Awesome. Um, so you, you both kind of talked a little bit about the, the, the dual aspects of the program. So what pieces of the program um, really lend themselves to online learning? and this new environment that we found ourselves in. So one thing we've been doing is a lot of discussion boards using the talk the talks in the curriculum. Um, it kind of, most of them will open it up for a discussion and then the kids really will respond in on the discussion post 
um, using those just as a as a beginning point. Um, I also think that the Mathia again has just expanded our view of what online learning can look like. Um, you know, and I love that it gives them the immediate hints and they don't have to wait for me or, you know, you think even in the classroom setting, use those hints and use those tools that Mathia can provide um, in order to make them successful within this course. Awesome. Um, and, and kind of thinking about that, I, I think in some ways we were very blessed to be able to adopt the materials when we did. Um, this is the first year that we've used these materials and we went through the adoption process last year, not really knowing what we were getting ourselves into for this school year. So the fact that we have a blended curriculum has been in, in many ways really beneficial for our teachers and students in, in terms of providing those opportunities. Um, I wanna talk a little bit specifically, we've talked about Mathia um, and, and the strength of that and, and how it lends itself to online learning. Are there any other components that you see as strengths of the program? I can jump in on that. So absolutely, the, um, the investigative pieces of the textbooks, that, or I guess it's not really a textbook, their workbook um, itself, having the Google Slides that are provided with that for teachers, I've been able to turn those into interactive lessons where, at the beginning of the year, it was waiting in silence for someone to volunteer an answer. And now I can have kids answer using the Nearpod um, application and get multiple responses and do collaboration boards where they really are talking about the material and using the vocabulary and the uh, showing each other their own work and comparing work as well. Um, and so using those interactive tools that we have available for the district and the Google Slides to kind of make that piece interactive and a little more like we would be in person working in groups. I think piggybacking off of that, first of all, Stephanie, I would love to see one of your classes and look what that looks like because my kids don't talk in class. Um, but the Edge Elastic, um, I've really enjoyed um, the Edge Elastic integration um, just because I know that that is what their state tests online look like more at the end of the year, not you know the ABCD multiple choice Canvas test that I was using before. So I really like to um, you know get to see their thinking more and have them explain things and drag and drop and create their own graphs and that kind of stuff. Stuff with Edge Elastic, I think that's been a powerful um, assessment tool. Awesome. And, and just so that you all know, you, you get to be the, the first folks that have heard this, um, as well as whoever listens. But we were able to upgrade our membership for Edge Elastic. So we're going to have the enterprise version, which is going to open up um, a whole bunch of extra features for teachers, as well as school level reporting and um, district level data reporting. Um, so we'll have that um, just as soon as we can get the, the purchase order cut for this year, and that will last all the way through next year, uh, just to help us kind of get over the hump of, of, of COVID and, and all of the things that we kind of have to we find ourselves balancing. And so I'm really excited to hear that um, you like Edge Elastic, and, and we're going to give you some more. So uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, the, the content itself. We talked a lot about the features of the program, how it supports discourse and inquiry and, and kind of a deeper level of thinking and rigor. Um, Carrie, you talked about this in your opening 
response about this idea of coherence and the way that concepts spiral um, through the curriculum into each other. So where are some places that you've seen the content spiral or that coherence built across um, topics and modules and lessons? So I think within geometry, it opened with circles, which I had never done teaching geometry for the last seven years. And, you know, it really, it introduced that basic vocabulary. And now, you know, 18 weeks down the road, we're really looking at tangent lines again, but as, as solving for the angle measures and solving for what they really are. And so, you know, the kids are like, oh, well, this is a tangent line. It's like, it is a tangent line. And now let's solve the in-depth process of it. But it gives them a taste of what's coming before we really dive into that deep math. And so they're not afraid to dive in as much as they were in previous curriculums. Um, even with, you know, in geometry, like the basic pieces, and I like that it's scaffolded along the way, you know, cause now they're ready for this harder math as it's coming to them. Um, I had the opportunity to look at the algebra one book and then, you know, and there's pieces in there that it's like, oh, this is intro to geometry stuff. And so I really think, you know, in a couple of years, when we get these kids who have been through this curriculum, they're going to be really ready for geometry, you know, and really ready for these upper level math courses because they've, it's been built through the process. I think um, to just in general, every single lesson starts with a little, a couple of warm up problems, and they're good. They're really good to be like, oh, before we get into solving two step equations in seventh grade, let's remember how to do, you know, some stuff that you would obviously know to try to warm up. And then sometimes it's like, oh, that was an interesting warm up I wouldn't have thought to do on my own. Um, and I know in sixth grade, the very first lesson in sixth grade um, is distributive property, but with just numbers. And I've been teaching sixth grade for years, and I've always we've always introduced distributive property with with variables when we get to algebraic um, expressions. And my kids like they got distributive property, and now we just got to distributive property with variables this week. And it's just like it's just seemed it was one 45 minute lesson. They got it, and we're moving on, um, which is not how it's been <laughs> in my past curriculums. Um, so yeah, I'm really impressed with like the spiraling and the connections that they're able to make and, and the process that they're able to build with the students. Yeah, and so interestingly enough, the, some of the things that you picked up on were some of the things that when we were selecting the materials, the committee noticed. Um, interestingly enough, this series only has two authors that the same authors offered the entire six through algebra two series and i think that's why you see some of those things picking back up like it was really interesting for me to hear kara say like hey i saw geometry in the algebra one book and i think that's because of of the smaller set of of authors so that was super interesting to me um let's talk a little bit about how you plan and prep because we know that that is really challenging in this environment. We really want the biggest bang for our buck with our kiddos. Um, so what are some of the features or resources that you all look at when you're deciding and what to cover and how to, how to teach it and kind of your planning process? So myself and my uh, fellow seventh grade teachers at Sierra, we sit down every week and generally we've looked through the lesson, kind of skimmed through it. And then when we get together, we pull up the teacher side has the textbook option that has our Google slides and the kids version and the skills practice, as well as kind of a preview for those mathia and we kind of pull those up and say, okay, from the 
objectives that are included in this lesson, this piece really identifies. And because we're in such a limited time, we are having to kind of pick and choose just a little bit from those lessons. What is what, is what we really need to make sure we get to? And so pulling those really important pieces to the top and looking at those specifically, and then what questions really align with those pieces that cover the goals and the standards for the lesson. Um, and then making sure we're also hitting the vocabulary. So if there's a piece that hits that vocabulary really well, pulling that in as well. Um, because in the past, we haven't been able to necessarily have kids talk about the math using the correct language. And so having that vocabulary piece we're finding is really helpful in getting them to not only talk about it because sometimes they don't want to talk, but write about it as well and be able to explain their answers. And so looking for those vocabulary pieces and then the pieces of the lesson that really highlight the objectives So, would you have anything to add? So we, um, at high school, we kind of looked at it a little bit differently and we looked at what is our end? What do they need before they hit algebra two or calculus or upper levels? And then we, when we made a list of our topics and then we went back and through, these are the units in the book we really need to hit. Um, you know, we had a great plan at the beginning of the year. Here's our pacing. This is what we need. This is what we want. And, you know, just due to our online and our reality of our COVID world, it's, you know, we've had to take those big fish items, you know, like we said, March 1st, we're hitting trig and we're jumping to trig, you know, and it is what it is. And, but our kids need to see that before they hit algebra two next year. And so really taking those big ticket items and letting the book and really picking and choosing the mathia lessons that we want them on. Um, to, to be able to support them instead of, again, like that time frame just didn't work for me either. And so really, you know, pushing forward to what they need to know. Awesome. Um, so kind of thinking about that as like, we're, we're hopefully transitioning to a little bit more of face-to-face -face learning. So uh, when we get back closer to whatever normal land is, what are you most looking forward to with in-person learning and their resources. I, mean, I think for me, again, I just, I always teach math really inquiry-based um, and I'm really looking forward to see what kind of conversations that we can have about the math um, and what kind of discoveries the students can make um, and not just kind of the, the drill and kill and memorization. So I'm really looking forward to that. But I'm also really looking forward to using Mathia twice a week in the classroom. Um, I think she's going to give such a great opportunity to do some small pullout groups and stuff while kids are working productively at their own level without me having to create four or five different activities and stations like I used to do like it'll just be do your math yeah it's exactly where you need to be and I can do some pullout group both you know at, at all levels differentiate differentiation levels so I'm looking forward to see what that looks like next year I'm excited to use geometric tools with them like being able to teach them how do you use a compass and a protractor and I mean the book is so heavy into constructions in that first nine weeks that it's like I, how do you teach this to them virtually? And so, I mean, fortunately, you know, with Zoom cameras and document cameras, we are able to show them kind of, but, you know, I really, I'm looking forward to having the tools in their hand to be able to play with math. Awesome. Um, I, I absolutely agree. <laughs> Getting those tools in their hands, the tracing paper and all of that. 
it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Um, and the, the discussions, that's my favorite part of math teaching is getting to hear how kids think and talk and um, struggle through math together. That's, I, that, that's what I live for. Um, so kind of as we wrap up, I just have one question uh, that I'd hope that each of you could add, would be willing to share your answer to. Um, so it is February. We've been in these materials now for quite a while. Uh, what do you know now that you wish you knew at the beginning? For me, I'm going to go with Matthew. I just wish that I had. So I started with, you know, assigning 45 minutes a week. And then I was like, oh, I think we're supposed to be doing this twice a week. So 90 minutes a week. I just wish I had hit the ground running with like knowing how to not only how, how to assign the actual workspaces, but how to explain that to kids who they don't see the same thing I see. And Matthew has been a struggle to just get us, me and the students on the same page. Um, and then the other thing would just be pacing. I think, you know, um, when they give us the pacing guides in the book and most of the lessons are really two day lessons for the most part, you know, I really try to be formulaic. I, I try to get through a day and a half to two days of material in one 45 minute class. And then if you do that twice a week and you add them to Mathia days in, we're hitting a really good pacing schedule for only seeing kids twice a week. Um, so I just wish I had gotten my pacing together a little bit sooner. I have to agree. Uh, switching from a time frame in this setting to a certain number of workspaces because I did very similar. I switched from having a time frame to specific number of workspaces per week and it really made all the difference in where kids were getting and staying with what we were covering in class but also how to engage kids in those questions from whatever starting point because just straight up asking the question for some of those kids doesn't work. And so knowing what those questions are and having an idea of where they might lead in the discussion um, will help next year going into it and being able to rephrase if necessary. I really think using, using the tools that were given to us, you know, like the reports even, about the data on our kiddos and within Matthew within those first couple weeks, like, okay, how, what does an orange mean? What does a red mean on there? You know, using the reports, I've also found using Live Lab online, like taking one of my my precious days and working on Live Lab and watching our kids work has been very powerful for me to watch, to see, because I can't look over their shoulder. Um, I also think within the workbook, really picking and choosing what is important for them to know in the end? You know, what are the big picture? What is the big ticket item I need them to know from this piece? Because I could spend a week or, you know, I could spend a month on some of these pieces because they're so in depth, but what is that big picture? What do I need them to know at the end of the year? And so that's been a shift to the spring for us to really, to look at what do I need my babies to know before we lose them, so. Awesome. Well, thank you all for uh, being here with us today. And I'm going to turn it back over to Jesse. Yeah, no, thank you. And I know I didn't have much to say, but that was really interesting. And it's good to know because I have three um, high schoolers in my home um, who are using um, Mathia or on Mathia. And so I, I found this really interesting. And I, I know that this episode will be great for um, our math 
teachers in the district, especially any like new math teachers new to using this curriculum. I love that last question that you asked Lisa because that's that'll really help teachers who are just getting started with this so um, again, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I appreciate you being on the show. And listeners, we want to thank you for joining us today as well. We look forward to your listener feedback on today's show. Please follow VL2LCPS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And please share feedback on the podcast and any ideas for future podcasts on our social media platforms or at vl 2 at lcps.net. Thanks again so much for listening today and we'll see you next time.